I'll try not to, Aunt Bethany. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? We're talking about the top 20 Christmas movies (laughs) in the live group. Everyone's throwing out everything. Yep, It's that time of year. It's the most uh, depressing time of the year as far as how much the sun is out during the day. Oh, hate it. And uh, But I think that's why they put Christmas here. Now, one thing I learned over this weekend is I thought about becoming Italian. You did? Because Italians have three Christmas holidays. Hmm. Okay. And I was like, why don't we all do that? Because it's such a dark time of the year. That, uh, it is a dark and terrible time. We yeah. need more things to celebrate. I, um, um, I, that, you know, so I, you let me know whether or not you become Italian. I'm thinking about uh, ciao. Okay. I'm thinking about identifying as, so as Italian. Ciao, we got, Nate. We got some good ones thrown out here. Of course, Die Hard, Christmas Story, Santa Claus, Elf. Home Alone, Christmas Nightmare vacation. Before Christmas, Christmas Vacation, Four Christmases one I threw out there. Uh, so we're trying to get everyone's favorite. Gremlins is out there as well. That's one of my favorites also. So anyone who has some other good ideas that we should watch this month, then you just let us know. I think my wife has already watched The Holiday eight or nine times this year, and I hate that movie. I don't know if I recall. Uh, it's got Jack Black in it and uh, maybe Cameron Diaz and a couple other people. I don't know who else. It's just, you know, from what I remember, god-awful, terrible movie. Let me just give the you worst. Some, let me give you yeah. some other information that just might make you throw up in your mouth. Okay. I'm excited. I was singing a Tenacious D song to Stephanie over the weekend, speaking of Jack Black. And she didn't know what it was, never heard of it. So I went to play it for her. Kids these days. I went to play it for her. The, their album was released in 2001. Ugh. It's 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years oh. have come and gone since Tenacious D put out their first album. And um, That's yeah, a- I, was, I was singing FHG <laughs> loudly in the house last night. Okay. She had no idea what I was singing. She was like, are you just, she thought I was making it up. I was like, yeah, of course I'm just making this up. This beautiful tune. You should record this, Charlie. It's yeah, a great exactly. idea. And uh, so just to give you something else that, that is sad. That is very sad. Make you feel old. Well, let's, um, we'll, we'll keep sprinkling in some of this. Yeah. We're still in bonus material right now. If you want to join, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. You can hear all of our conversations before and after the show, which take place pretty much every single day. And we would also appreciate, you know, the $5 every month. It helps. We buy ads with it. So what we do, we buy ads, we pay for this office and whatever else, lap dances for the big guy, all kinds of stuff. We got to pay for that five bucks. So go over to that website and sign up. Let's get into a few things that happened over the weekend. I saw this news story from NPR of course, an unbiased source of information in PR, as they, as they always have been, of course. So I just thought that this was extra ridiculous. And you'll, I'm sure as soon as I start reading, you'll understand why. But uh, they didn't seem to want to mention it really in this article. Pro-Trump counties now have a far higher COVID, now have far higher COVID death rates. Misinformation is to blame. It's the only thing that could be 
That's it. That's it. It's misinformation. It's the only reason that pro-Trump counties would have a far higher COVID death rate. Since May 2021, people living in counties that voted heavily for Donald Trump during the last presidential election have been nearly three times as likely to die from COVID-19 as those who live in areas that went for now President Biden. That's according to a new analysis by NPR that examines how political polarization and misinformation are driving a significant share of deaths in the pandemic. So if you are getting political misinformation that is driving a significant share of these deaths, that's that's what it is. There's not there's not any other route. There's not anything else. NPR looked at deaths per 100,000 people in roughly 3,000 counties across the U.S. The point uh, from May 2021, the point at which vaccinations widely become available. People living in counties that went 60% or higher for Trump in November 2020 had 2.7 times the death rates of those that went for Biden. Counties with an even higher share of the vote for Trump saw higher COVID-19 mortality rates. The analysis only looked at the geographic location of COVID-19 deaths. The exact political views of each person taken by the disease remains unknowable, but the strength of the association combined with the polling information about vaccination strongly suggests that Republicans are being disproportionately affected yet another reason for people to just stop complaining and stop talking about this you know if you're a democrat you're fine no problem mm. yeah I don't, a, I don't understand why they're so upset about it more than also nine, i mean republicans are being disproportionately affected mm-hmm. we've heard that before we need more equitable death yeah you know that's yeah. one thing it's, we're gonna have to fix exactly <laughs> more than 90 percent of republicans surveyed believe or are unsure about at least one false statement about COVID-19. Either they believe it or they're unsure about whether or not it's true. So if you say you don't know. (laughs) If you say you don't know, you see, that's what they do in statistics. They want to find, how do we get this 90% number? Oh, it's people who believed it or who didn't know. (laughs) It's 90% of people. Now, does a false statement include the fact that the virus could have potentially been a lab leak? It's potential. I don't know. Did it originate from a lab? I don't know. Ooh, you're counting the 90% rate right there. Yeah. Misinformation appears to be a major factor in the lagging vaccination rates. The Kaiser Family Foundation's polling shows Republicans are far more likely to believe false statements about COVID-19 and vaccines. A full 94% of Republicans think one or more false statements about COVID-19 and vaccines might be true. And 46% believe four or more statements might be true. That's your, if you be. think something might be true, mm-hmm. if you open yourself up to the idea that something might be true, that's one of the reasons that you're dying out there. By contrast, only 14% of Democrats believe four more false statements about the disease. Now, they didn't say might. They didn't say might <laughs> in that. Only, only 14% believe four or more false statements about the disease. Yes, that is nice that they didn't use might and we did not get what the questions were in this more the most widely believed false statement was that the government is exaggerating the number of COVID 19 deaths so that was one of the lies that they checked to see whether or not people believed the government is exaggerating COVID 19 deaths true or false or maybe so even if you put maybe on this then you're counted in the people that believe lies all right perhaps the most pernicious pieces of misinformation have to do with the perceived security a severity of COVID-19 itself, the most widely believed false statement was the government exaggerating the number of deaths. Now, there are reasons that people might think this, like people who work in public health getting up there and saying that if you die in a car accident and you have COVID, you're going to get counted as a COVID death. 
That's not or, a. It's not made up. It's a real pe- thing. Or people who work for state health departments getting up there and say, "Hey, we've exaggerated the deaths." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like um, literally getting up there and be like, "Yeah, look, all right, we kind of inflated the numbers." Like uh, somewhere in Colorado, beginning of the year, I believe they revised it down by like eighty percent because they had counted a lot of deaths that were not actually from COVID. Yeah. They were just people that died with COVID. It happened a little bit ago. But even if you thought that it might be true that they are exaggerating the number of deaths. You're in the misinformation category. This is why you're dying from COVID. It's the only reason. Yeah. Why now, Republicans might be dying at a higher rate. It's the only it's the only thing. Now, what about this other thing though? I'm just going to throw it out there. No, I'm going to say okay. it, it doesn't matter. Just another thing out there. Um 93% of COVID deaths of the people who have died from COVID are 50 or older. 93% of them and I just got this number from Statista, by the way, that it's crazy that when you look at the graphs on this, by the way, let me just, let me just throw this on here. And uh, if you're, if you're watching, you can see this graph right here. Look at how many deaths there have been. This is the total up here. This is zero to 17. This is 18 to 29, 30 to 39. And then watch it pick up here at 40 to 49 and then 50 to infinitely old uh, is 93% of the deaths right here. Now, why does that matter? Maybe it possibly matters because older people are more likely to vote Republican also. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't know about that. So what I did was I went to the oldest counties in the U.S. and I looked to see how they came out in the election. Yes, I did all of this after you told me that we were going to 1030. He's a hustler. This morning, I went through here and did this already and looked at some of the oldest counties. Let me just pull up a few of these. Um, Let me see. Where is that list of oldest counties? Well, I looked at the Citrus County. That was the second oldest. They went actually, I believe, 70% for Trump, 69.98%. It's the second oldest county. Uh, There's this crazy county called Northumberland County in Virginia. They went 60% for Donald Trump. And you keep going down the list and you find that uh, these oldest counties in the U.S. went for Donald Trump. And that's because older people tend to be more conservative. They're, they're stuck in their ways, like all those rotten, nasty conservatives out there. And so I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe it's not just misinformation. Could it be a part of it? Listen, I heard someone told me once before that... If you're vaccinated and you get COVID, that you're maybe going to be better off than if you're not vaccinated. It could decrease the severity of the of the disease, especially for older people. Okay, so if some kind of misinformation did lead people to not get vaccinated, and in fact they were in a high risk category, then that is possible that misinformation caused this. But there's an even bigger correlating factor, which is the fact that the oldest counties in the U.S. went for Trump, and it turns out that 93% of the people that die from COVID. We're 50 year older. You have a much higher chance of dying from COVID if you're old. It turns out the biggest risk of dying from COVID is being old. That's it. The that's, longer you've been here, the lower chance you have. Literally the biggest risk. Mm-hmm. But have no fear, folks, because New York City is, go- is about to impose vaccine mandate on private employers. This is from Axios. We got to take a break and talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, something preventing you from achieving your goals? I've gone through this before. Charlie's gone through this before. He uses BetterHelp himself. I've gone and talked to counselors before. Sometimes maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Maybe there's a different perspective that you need to look out for. Taking care of your mental health 
is something that is very important and it's also very possible. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're going to connect in a safe and private online environment. So much more convenient than fighting traffic, going into the office somewhere. You just get on the app and talk to someone. You can start talking to them in under 24 hours. This is not some self-help app. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go to that freaking waiting room. Better help is committed to giving you great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. If they match you up with someone and you don't like them, you can switch over to someone else. It's more affordable than actually going into the office because you're just doing it over an app. And this is available worldwide. You got expertise in so many different areas. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. This is very convenient, it's professional, it's affordable because you're doing it through an app instead of going into the office. You can go to the website and check out the testimonials. And by the way, this is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a reason for that because a lot of people are using this app to get help. If you wanna start living a happier life today as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash GML. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. What a fine, fine gentleman. He's about to be out, too. I think he's out at the end of the month. I don't I think know. so. On Monday, announced a new COVID vac- uh, vaccine mandate for all private companies. Why it matters. De Blasio, speaking on MSNBC's Morning Joe, said the first in the nation measure will go into effect starting December 27th. It will apply to approximately 184,000 businesses. I love these politicians be like, this is the first of its kind. <laughs> I'm the first one yep. to lead. You're the most progressive. The Gestapo. <laughs> oh, now they're the Gestapo, huh? I'm, I'm leading the movement. There is no weekly testing option. So first of this is first of the nation measure. Even if you test and you don't have it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Need the jab. Yep. The city had already imposed a vaccine mandate for city workers. De Blasio also said children between the ages of five and eleven will be required to show proof of vaccination to access indoor dining as well as fitness and entertainment venues starting December fourteenth. Proof of at least one vaccine dose will be enough to allow kids to participate in those activities. Now that's, that's insane. Kids in this age group will also need to get vaccinated to participate in extracurricular activities such as sports, band, orchestra, and dance. (laughs) Jesus. New Yorkers, New Yorkers, age 12 and older must show they have had two doses of the vaccine, except for those who have received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Quote, we in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us, de Blasio said. The mayor said his office will work with the business community to enforce the mandate. They're going to work with you. Don't worry. Yeah, they're working together on this. They're not going to pull your license or permits or anything like that. They're just going to. Now, why is it that they're so ardent about 
forcing kids to be vac- to be vaccinated. I have no idea. Like, what is going on here? I think it's to get them ready for later in life. That this is my deep, dark conspiracy theory because it has nothing to do with the actual danger for for kids. It has nothing to do with the actual danger for even the school teachers. Because that's people go, well, what about the school teachers? You just and, had a graph. How many kids have died uh, let me under pull the that age of up. 11? Well, 0 to 17, it says 630. So they don't go 5 to 11 on this. 0 to 17 is 630. 630 total deaths, supposed deaths. Mm-hmm. This is alleged. Yeah, they might be <laughs> exaggerating the numbers. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> which is misinformation. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for misinforming all of you. Mm-hmm. But uh, 630 total deaths out of about uh, 800,000 deaths. So that's a point zero 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 zero. It's, I don't a, even it's know. low. It's basically none. Yeah. Now, it could be, let's look at this from both sides. It could be that kids could still spread it to older people who can die. You mm-hmm. know? If you're, you know, 12, 11 or 12 and you contract COVID and you don't know that you have it and you go visit grandma and she gives you, you know, one of those weird grandma kisses and stuff <laughs> and you're hanging out in the house or whatever, then you could kill grandma. Um, so that I could see it from that side. But ultimately, I think what really, what really like just strikes me as odd is we had this entire group of people on the left that absolutely hate and despise big pharma Mm -hmm. yet over the last year they have been nothing but just pounding big pharma in your face oh so much so that that if your kids don't get it well then you're uh, you obviously are a a cancer on the earth you can't even join a band you 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 can't can't, even go to band can't play music do sports it's crazy. I saw uh, Bernie tweeted over the weekend. It's already had the tag dumb added to it for my for the subject line uh, for later in the week. But he he was talking about how obscene it was, the amount of money that the big pharma companies have made during the pandemic. He called out Moderna and Pfizer for all the money they were making. Are you freaking kidding me? What are you talking about? All while dude? pushing the thing that's You're making them requiring money. people to buy their product. Or to use their product, and the government has to buy it, which is still the people buying the product. And they're like, oh, it's crazy how much money these people are making. And then they're also making terrible decisions by purchasing a bunch of product that expires. Yeah. And they've wasted thousands, millions of doses. And then now they have to keep buying more. Not only does the product expire, the actual effectiveness of the product expires too. It's genius from a business standpoint. And now it's not even tailored for new variants. They're saying they're going to need a new vaccine for the new variant that they're going to have to get through because it's not even tailored for the new variants. It might, they're saying it could be effective at stopping severe disease from it, just like it was with the Delta, but it's, but it's, you know, it's still tailored for the original one. And we might need a new one for, for Omicron when it comes out there. It's a genius idea that you got to get out there and force this new vaccine variant Every single time there's a new COVID variant and then people, everyone's forced to buy the products from these people. It's, man, and it's not some what, what Nicole just said. There's no deaths from the new variant yet. I well, just looked it up this morning. No deaths. I want to, uh, yes, that is true. However, we cannot stop ourselves from being fearful mm-hmm. of all the potential that, all the potential death and destruction that this variant could cause. It could, could cause. It could. Because as we know, 
throughout history, viruses tend to evolve to be more contagious and more deadly at the same time. That's all the data that we have. No, not actually. That's not the data that we have. But the whole kid thing, that's the the most disgusting part of this. And I think Joe mentioned, um, I think Joe mentioned earlier that this is a local government doing it. And, you know, don't we want things to be more local? And I know what I know what Joe's saying with this. I would I would rather the mandates come from the local government so they'd be easier to strike down. So they'd be easier for people to come together and get rid of those people. I don't support any of them. But yeah, I mean, I would rather local governments come up with these things instead of uh, instead of the government there and wherever the well, heck one, Washington you could, is. You could never vote with there. your feet by leaving the city. Yeah, you could also um, it, it'd be easier to to not comply, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then also it's easier to change out the folks who are doing these things. So uh, yeah, things happening at a local level are much always better. Than a national level. Um, speaking of the Omicron variant, nice article here from Forbes, and this is what we've talked about a little bit. And I saw a few other people mention this. J.P. Morgan mentioned the same thing. They were saying people are panicking, and this Omicron thing is actually good news. And that's how I feel about it too. To tell you the truth, uh, I think I think it is good news when I first saw it because typically it's going to evolve down to be maybe it's more contagious, but it's going to be less dangerous. And like we've seen so far. The WHO, the WHO says there are no confirmed deaths from Omicron so far. And we've been dealing with this since Thanksgiving. It's out there. It's had time to kill people. Maybe they're not reported yet, but it's out there in 40 countries so far. So the travel lockdowns are working really well. You know, they work really well the first time. So obviously we need to do all the same lockdown stuff again since it worked so well the first time. But Forbes says the Omicron variant may be good for the economy. They're talking about the economy. And this is Forbes. The Omicron variant of COVID-19 sparked great fear. With time, we may find the fear to have been justified, but we may find the opposite, that this is good news for the economy. Omicron seems to be displacing the Delta variant in South Africa. Ted Winsellers showed the the Delta share of total COVID-19 cases in South Africa has plummeted while Omicron has surged. I think it's Winsellers. Winsellers, whatever it is. I don't know. Ted W., because the early indications show that Omicron is highly transmiss- is, was highly transmissible, it could well displace the Delta variant around the world. And you would think like, well... So everyone should get it. Yeah. That way you don't get the Delta. <laughs> this might be the most effective vaccine against COVID <laughs> that we have. Okay. I'm only somewhat joking so far. So far, Omicron has triggered a surge in infections in South Africa, but not a comparable increase in deaths. By that, they mean there aren't any. As they still haven't confirmed any, there's good reason for the virus to mutate to be less dangerous. Bugs that kill their hosts don't replicate as much as bugs that allow their hosts to remain alive. Many viruses in the past have evolved to be milder. We cannot take this idea too far, however. The Omicron virus may have mutated so that it has greater ability to infect those who already have been exposed to earlier variants. That's no surprise to South African scientists who have observed a very high past infection rate in their population. The virus could not could not get ahead by finding people never exposed to any version of COVID-19, so it found a way to infect the previously ill, this theory goes. So I don't know. Maybe your national immunity is not going to hold up to Omicron. I don't know. So the uh, BioNTech CEO said recently the current vaccines... Well, you fall in the misinformation camp. Yes, we're, This is all know. misinformation right now. Because you don't know. Because I said we don't know. Exactly. <sighs> Maybe. That's bad. Might. Might. Mm-hmm. 
That's bad, right there. We can't we can't think there could be multiple Just options because you question things, mm-hmm. folks. This don't. this is that they're getting they're getting on to you for questioning things. If history teaches us anything, don't question those in power. Just right. don't do it because they know. know you can't do it. They know. You know, it's amazing how much those those in power know. The biotech CEO said recently that current vaccines probably help protect against severe illness from the Omicron variant, and that new vaccines are under development that would be more targeted against Omicron. Given the speed at which our vaccines were developed, we may have new versions being tested in the lab right now. The question will be how long we have to wait for regulatory approval. Although it is way too early to be sure, we may find that the disease becomes dominated by a less dangerous mutation. Illness would continue if this happens, but with fewer deaths and hospitalizations. So that's why when... Kind of like the flu. Yeah, well, that's why when this first came out, I was like, okay, well, if this gets rid of Delta, like if this takes over and gets rid of Delta and people aren't dying from it or way lower amounts of people are dying from it, this could actually be a good thing. You know, that's better than a lot of people dying. But as long as we keep our focus on the amount of cases, then everyone's going to continue freaking out. Oh my God, it's in 40 countries right now. We've got thousands of cases already of Omicron. It's going down everything. Vaccinate your babies. Yeah. Um, they'll continue the tyranny over because people are worried about the cases. And like, I'm we, surprised they're not vaccinating vaccinating women's eggs. You know? <laughs> just pre-vax. Women should have a one once a month shot. Mm-hmm. Men should vaccinate every sperm, every single one of them. Yes. Yeah. So you need a million doses, just a ball shot, straight, <laughs> <laughs> straight to the testes. Ouch. And women straight to the ovaries. I mean, you gotta you gotta vaccinate those baby making machines. Yeah, don't okay. even wait till they're five to eleven. No, I, I don't. Actually, think you can't reproduce until you've had this egg vax. I agree. Yeah, that we should. We're not going far enough. Yep. This is too soft of an approach if we really want to make sure no one dies from this virus. So we should actually probably outlaw having kids. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that's the only way to make life better. It's the only way to make sure no one else, this we, we literally kill off the disease. In fact, we'll kill off all the diseases. All of them. Yeah. No more humans will suffer from diseases anymore. Every childhood illness will be after, eradicated. After we <laughs> ban having children. And if you're caught with a child, don't worry. He's just a first mover on this, folks. Yeah. Okay. I know this it sounds first, crazy. This is first in the nation. But this is progress. Yeah. Okay. This is first in the nation. All, All right. right, let's switch the gears. Very over. much switch gear, but this is the government protecting you. I don't. Did you see what happened to Bitcoin over the weekend? Yes, I did. I, I saw what happened to all of crypto over there. Bad. The so more protection from your government. This time it's for your pocketbook, mm-hmm. folks, yeah. because they want to make sure that you are safe. Yep. Okay. So the crypto crackdown awaits after SEC fastball attempt, feds warn, although this is happening in, in countries all over the world as well. Uh, I did like Ecuador, though. They posted that they bought the dip. <laughs> yeah. So crypto- their, their uh, president is trying to be like an Elon Musk right now. He changed his bio on Twitter as CEO of crypto. Ecuador's really? president. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he said they added, uh, sorry, El Salvador. That's right. Not not Ecuador. It's El Salvador. I think I said El I didn't even hear you say Ecuador, but. I did. El Salvador. That's my mistake. See, when I make a mistake, I just come out. And, no. and admit to my faults. Okay. <laughs> we could put out a study um, saying that you never make mistakes and that people that think you might make mistakes are the ones that are going to die from COVID. Exactly. We should, yeah, we'll commission that study real quick. It'll like, be scientific. Do you think that Charlie might make mistakes? And if you agree with that, well, 
You're more likely to die from COVID. More likely to die <laughs> from COVID, obviously. Um, I think he said, the president of El Salvador said that they bought, I think, 150 coins or something like that. They bought the dip. They added to their portfolio. So cryptocurrency exchanges continue to feel the heat from the SEC over what regulators say is a lack of protection for people who invest in digital currencies. Mm. There's no protection for you guys out there in the free world, in the the in the the anarchist crypto exchange out there just mm -hmm. throwing these digital coins back and forth with no one to make sure it's all happening legit on wednesday sec chairman gary gensler and former sec chair jay clayton discussed the skyrocketing growth of cryptocurrencies such as bitcoin and ethereum folks who probably said 10 years ago that this would go nowhere mm -hmm. uh, at the digital asset compliance and market integrity summit the pair digital asset compliance and market integrity summit those two are together the pair acknowledged the promise of new payment technologies but flagged the potential for fraud scams and other abuse without the right investor backstops quote i think new technologies do not persist for long if they stay outside the public policy framework new well, why would wait that, hold on why would that be what New technologies do not persist for long if they stay outside the public policy framework. Because we shut them down <laughs> if they're not, if they don't participate. You meant to say they won't persist for long if they stay outside of the public policy yeah. framework. Uh, this Gensler said, if you are a proponent of projects or this space, then you should know that without trust, the public is going not going to stay in sufficient numbers if you want uh, that you want in the long term. Jesus Christ, the numbers have been going up every single year faster. It's the fastest growing market in all of history. Yeah. What do you mean there's no public trust? Now, if, if they don't do this, there could be massive flash crash, crashes, Charlie, where people lose a lot of money. Now, I do want to say there have been a few rug pulls. So oh, speak. yeah. Yeah. That has happened. People have lost money. It's a risk, by the way. And you know, most people know that going in. And a lot of people that are, you know, I, we talk all the time, especially with, with trading um, that we do with the Liberty Trading Academy. You can go to mastermytrades.com. We talk all the time that you need to make sure that you are in, investing what you're willing to lose and that you know what you're investing in, right? A lot of people that are, you know, all over the place shouting these meme coins and all this stuff. Um, you know, you could have said it about Dogecoin or Shibu Inu or whatever. You want to look into these things and see if they're worth investing in. Now, if it's a pure gamble, go for it. But know that the rug could be pulled. Mm -hmm. Folks, understand what it is before you get into it. But people are understanding this and the public is accepting this so widely that governments around the world are trying to shut it down because they fear what the inevitable, which is the uh, decentralized. They don't want that currencies and marketplace where the government cannot get their little phalanges. So what they also said um, over the weekend or right before the weekend was that the SEC was looking at suing these companies that were not in compliance with SEC regulations when it comes to the payment platforms, the trading of crypto, things like that, because they don't have the regulations that they, they can't really tell them that they can't exist. Like we talked about this before, by the way, I know that these companies, whatever they are, Binance or 
whatever the different companies are out there that are on the marketplace and you can connect your bank account, you can put money in there. And that looks like we're going to be decentralized from the government and be able to have these currencies. But those are still companies that exist and we allow the government to control these companies. And so what they can do is they can go after these companies and try to put them out of business, basically. And doing that, putting those companies out of business that we're using for all these exchanges can, in effect, really damage all the different cryptocurrencies. So that's what they are talking about doing right now. And to protect people from losing money, they're talking about doing this. And we saw a massive crash in the crypto market over the weekend where a bunch of people lost a lot of money if they took out any of their if they took out their money or if they were leveraged up and they ended up having a margin call or something like that. They lost a lot of money in the crypto market because the government's going to come in and protect people from losing money in the crypto market. It's, it's amazing. On the announcement of protection, mm-hmm. people lost money. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that just wonderful? And I think what you said here, the key to this statement is if you are a proponent of projects for the uh, proponent of projects or this space, then you should know that without trust, the public is not going to stay in sufficient numbers or sorry, that, that was, I read the wrong quote, quote, I think new technologies do not persist for long if they stay outside of uh, the public policy framework. And it should have been rephrased, as you put it, which is new technologies will not persist for long if they stay outside the public policy framework because they won't let them. Mm -hmm. That's the key, people. And so everyone's doing this. China is a big one cracking down on crypto. America is going to follow suit and all the major countries that are scared to death, these central bankers who are, uh, you know, uh, afraid that they may lose their power over currencies is, uh, well, it's coming home to roost. What and was, <clears throat> there's been enough public adoption now that they have to come in with these things. What, what we'll see is uh, what we need to have if we're actually going to have decentralized currencies. We're not going to be able to use these apps from the app store to buy the currencies and stuff like it's going to have to be some actual decentralized websites that aren't controlled by Apple or that aren't immediately controlled by the SEC or the government if we're going to do that. But having these apps that make it easier for people to come into the crypto market, messing around, putting some money in there, that creates a lot of liquidity in the market. It brings a lot more money into the market. And those are the people that I think eventually are going to get knocked out if the government wants to get rid of them. They might not outlaw cryptocurrencies, but they'll get rid, they'll get rid of the brokers that are making it so easy for people to trade. And so the, the valuations might be way too high right now. Once they take out all these extra people who are just, oh, I can download this app. I can put my bank account in here. I can throw, you know, 20, 40, 50 bucks in here into some kind of crypto. I think they'll eventually remove those people from the market and they're going to make it much harder to actually put your money in the crypto and they'll make it to where the fees are going to end up being a lot, a lot higher, stuff like that. So they'll remove a lot of the little, the little guy investors that are trying to make some money off of this and just keep it to the big money people. That's probably going to have a big deflationary pressure on it. So we might have a bit of a correction while they're doing this stuff and then start and climbing back up after that. the bottom? People with a lot of money. People with a lot of and money. And then they'll make a lot of money during the pandemic and we'll all talk about it. So, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I'm going to skip down to the next one, um, this Amazon workers decision, because I thought this was especially crazy. So the, the National Labor Relations Board has overturned the Amazon workers' decision to not unionize. What? And are ordering a new election. I love how they can just do this. Yeah. Like, oh, you have to have an election for a union at your business, even though you don't want to. We're going to force you to have an election there. 
Absolute craziness. This is from Reason. Though the election had a clear winner, a small but vocal contingent from the losing faction. See if you draw any correlations here. Mm-hmm. Though the election had a clear winner, a small but vocal contingent from the losing faction has spent months pushing wild theories with little supporting evidence about the scheme to fix the outcome. The only solution, they say, is to have a new election where the true winner will emerge victorious. The NLRB has ordered a do-over of a high-profile unionization election at an Amazon warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama. The retail, wholesale, and department store union lost that election decisively in April by a margin greater than two to one. But the NLRB is giving the union a second chance after a dispute that centers on mailboxes used to collect workers' ballots. (laughs) Yes, this is from the article. Really, this is a fight over whether a form of mail-in balloting might have affected the outcome of the election. Lisa Henderson, the director of the NLRB's Atlanta region, who issued the board's ruling on Monday, said the Amazon's decision to place a post office collection box near the warehouse's parking lot gave the appearance appearance of irregular and improper election procedures that violated the NLRB's rules. Amazon executives had argued that the mailbox was provided to make it easier for workers to deposit their ballots. But the, they put it next to the warehouse, like, hey, you're coming to work. We're having this union vote. Here's a mailbox for your ballot. You just put it in when you're going to work. Hey, well, they decided wants to vote. That's fine. They've decided this is like election tampering now because they put the mailbox close to Amazon. Well, they had all these restrictions in place. <laughs> yeah, they probably they required IDs stuff required like that. IDs, I'm sure. you had to be you had to work at Amazon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, they put these convenient places for you to drop off your your vote and stuff. It's all restrictions. It's but. a lot of restrictions. The union claimed the mailbox somehow caused workers to believe the election was being unduly influenced by management. Because the mailbox was uh, close to the Amazon building. Separately, Henderson also sided with the union's complaint that Amazon improperly polled employees prior to the election by making vote no paraphernalia available to workers. So because the workers were able to wear campaign attire for the vote, then they're saying that this also affected the outcome of the election. If you were able to wear something that said vote no, then this was putting pressure on people to vote no, even though they're not looking at your specific ballot and stuff like that. Anyway, just a lot of election tampering here. When you allowed the when you allow the opposite side of opinion to voice their concerns or the voice what they support, that's bad. That puts an undue burden on the people that might support it. About half As of them, Joe said stop the steal. Stop the steal. That mm-hmm. must be their campaign cry for sure. Is providing campaign buttons a way to disqualify an election? Mm. Reason asked. About half the Bessemer Warehouse's roughly 5,800 workers voted, and only 738 of them voted for unionization. 13% of the workforce Isn't voted to unionize. It's interesting that only half of yeah. the warehouse voted, which is just like the country. <laughs> it about is. half the country it votes is. for the president. Yeah. 13% of the workers so voted the to unionize. So going to come back and win this one. Yep. Yep. In Bessemer, Amazon's campaign argued that, that workers were earning at least $15 an hour plus benefits and that paying union dues would consume part of their paychecks. That's now, this is exactly why a lot of folks don't want to join a union. Mm-hmm. It's because you owe union dues for all the things that they do for you. Like the uh, the video we just watched where the, the dude from CNBC was questioning the CEO of GM. And he pointed out to her in the interview that Tesla employees actually made more than GM employees did, even though the GM employees were unionized. And then Elon Musk chimed in on Twitter saying that that's not even counting the benefits, insurance and stuff like that, that they get for working there. 
uh, that they're actually making more than what the unionized people are making. And of course, she had nothing. She was like, oh, I need to see the data on that. That's not what I've seen. You know, she's like, can't we talk about GM? Yeah, let's just talk about and not me. Tesla. Not not our competitors. I don't want to do that. But no, this is man. I don't like I don't like unions. Okay, I'm just gonna come out there with it. I don't either. I don't like them. Okay. I don't. Now, I mean, can unions serve a purpose? That yeah, they can. And can people band together and decide that they want to do that? Yeah. But can the company decide that they don't want to allow you in their place anymore? Sure. Yeah. And this is what I can't believe that the United States has a National Labor Relations Board that can just force companies to do all kinds of things. Yeah. I don't understand why Amazon can't just say, yeah, up yours. We're just not going to have a union. I don't care if they vote on it or not. We don't, we're not going to have a union vote because we don't want a union. But they can't do that. It's unbelievable to me that you can't do that. They're forcing this vote on Amazon. That's What? what? It's crazy. And so uh, what you would think is, well, in a free market, okay, people can band together if they want to and say that they're going to be in a union. And Amazon should fire all of them if they want to. Just fire all of them. All the people who voted for it also can't do that. You know, so Nate does it all the time here. He bands together with yeah. all kinds of random people around the office mm-hmm. and says, yeah, we're not doing that. And, and I have no choice. And Charlie fires me. And then I, I get him to hire me back for a higher rate than what that old unionized employee was, was, uh, was wanting. But you know, he doesn't want a union. He's just working the gambit. You know? <laughs> just keep recycling the system right there. And that's what they'd have to do, by the way, if they fired everyone, they still need those employees. If I were Amazon, I would be so anti-union that I would close the whole freaking place down. Just, just gone. Get rid of it. Get it out of there. Uh, this is a completely ridiculous thing. They're getting paid good money for doing the job that they're doing. They're probably making as much or more as they would be making if they were part of a union. What people who are so pro-union need to realize is that a union is just another government or it's just another, maybe you should talk to them like it's a company. A union is just another company who's trying to get subscribers to their company. And so their CEO can make a ton of money. And they force people to join their company is what they do. And so they can rake in profits from the workers based on doing almost nothing. And then they make a ton of money. And that's, that's really what I see them as doing. And people somehow think that, well, the unions, the, the ends justify the means because the unions are so much better and they offer such better conditions for workers. And I, I, just, don't, I just don't see it anymore. Maybe you could make the case that it was uh, something that was necessary a long time ago. I don't, I don't even know if I could go that far. I, I, I would know. say, I would say the negative consequences far outweigh any of the positives because there have been times where unions, especially like when it comes to legal fees and stuff like that, have have helped some people out um, that were were actual bad things were happening. So you know, you could argue, but I think the negative consequences far outweigh that. Yeah. Those few instances where unions have actually helped people um, in a liberty sense. And, and so the negative consequences, by the way, if you raise everyone's pay above what the market rate should actually be, that's just going to end up with higher prices for everyone. Then you might end up with 5,800 workers that are unionized right here. But the hundreds of thousands of people that get products from that warehouse are all going to pay higher prices for all of their goods and services. And then they can't afford everything that they're needing. So then they need to go to their jobs and try to get unionized there so they can force their employer to pay them higher wages. And all the people that buy from those places, they all end up having higher prices for everything. 
It's just a, a dog chasing its tail to a number that will never be reached. It's just not possible. It's an endless upcycle in prices and in payment that you never that you never truly reach. So the the market is the only way to hey, actually get to that at number. At least Biden has lowered our gas prices by two cents, folks. It, at so least we have that. Yeah. All right. If y'all enjoyed today's show, then please hit that share button. Share it with a friend, a family member, a coworker, a union member, a non-union member, whoever you want to share it with, and the children at this lovely Christmas holiday. Uh, share the show around. Please sign up at goodmorninglibertylocals.com. Be part of the conversation. Uh, we converse with our folks every day of the week when we want to. So uh, even the ones that hate me, which is all of them. Especially those. Yeah, especially those. Most of them. And so uh, join the Chuck Haters group, goodmorninglibertylocals.com. It's only five bucks a month, or you can sign up for the whole year and save yourself 10%. And uh, if you do all of those things, go to mastermytrades.com. Then we'll be back again tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.